Yeah. I mean, it was terrible of me not to remember <laughs> <laughs> an instance of it when it was actually my day. I'll bring it up if you don't remember. Don't worry about yeah. it. I've got your back. Um... Coming up on the official Celtic FC podcast. Killian Sheridan joins us as we look ahead to a big week of action and back on his Celtic career. I remember my ma, can I say text me every night, you know, and I'm like... Hear from Anthony Ralston as he takes part in our game of first and last. This is the official Celtic FC podcast. Hello everyone and welcome along to the official Celtic FC podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Marr, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome along to our new Tuesday show, which we're going to bring you every week, every Tuesday, um, in our live in our studio from uh, Celtic. Um, if you're new to the podcast, we did bring out our first episode last week. And just to give you a little refresh of what we're going to be doing this year with our new rebranded podcast, we're going to bring you Tuesdays of, uh, shows every Tuesday. Sorry, We're also going to bring you shows every Friday, audio only, um, which will be looking ahead to the weekend's action. And we're also going to bring you shows post-match from Celtic Park as well. So there's going to be lots and lots of shows to get into, lots of guests, and hopefully lots for you to enjoy listening to as well. I've introduced my, myself alongside me for this episode. We've got Matthew Campbell. Matthew, uh, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? Fantastic. A uh, very, very enjoyable weekend, I've got to say. Uh, yeah, it was indeed. A couple of good results and uh, <laughs> some other nice things that happened as well, which I'm maybe we'll get a little chat about as we go on. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, a lot going on at the weekend and a lot to get into. And of course, we're going to have the big Champions League game against Lazio, which we're going to preview as well. Uh, and alongside yourself and myself... For this episode, we've got none other than a man that's been capped by the Republic of Ireland. He's a youth academy graduate. He's scored for Celtic. He's had some really big Champions League nights of his own at Celtic Park as well. It is none other than Killian Sheridan. Killian, how are we? Thank you so much for joining us. Very good. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah, nice little intro that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah. How's how's life at the moment? Good, good. Training. Staying fit, um, free agent. Yes. Fit, a current fit free agent, <laughs> ready to go. Um, that's pretty much been me all summer since I've been coming back from injury. So it's it's been good so far. So just need a just need a club now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is uh what's life been like as a, a free agent over the summer? I know you were in not too long ago in the podcast, and at that point, I think you were still just getting back from your injury, but you're now fit and firing and training. So as you said, just ready to, to get going now? Yeah. Do you know what? I was thinking back on that podcast because that was, I didn't really know what was coming up, what I'd be doing. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was like, I was quite cynical, <laughs> thinking my my contract finished, then I'd have to go my own way to like get myself fit. And Dundee actually were very, very sound with me and they kind of rehabbed me over the summer and are letting me continue to train in there. So they kind of surprised me with my... My football experience, kind of the cynicism came into yeah. me. So, um, yeah, no, Dundee have been brilliant with me, letting me train, getting me back fit. So, um, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. And Matt, Killian, obviously, being back in at Celtic Park, um, obviously a, a player that we all know know very, very well. I mean, for yourself, Killian, is it just always nice to come back into the stadium again? Does it bring back some good memories? Yeah, no, it is. Every time, every time like, if I'm coming here maybe to watch the odd game or something, it's always nice to know that I have a connection to like actually played there, like mm -hmm. I've scored here and stuff like that. So it always 
every time like driving past or around the stadium you can always like brings back little memories from from my time here mm-hmm. yeah um we've got we've got a lot to get into so why don't we get straight into it? the weekend's action away to motherwell i mean matt have you ever experienced a game like that with such late drama before well i mean it's incredible that there is no better way to win a match than to win late win with the last kick of the ball pretty much as well i was thinking back to it you know obviously brendan rogers first spell in charge of the 4-3 game mm. at fur park in the december of um, 2016 you know that was high drama also, you know, like Dundee United, I don't know if you remember the Dundee United game at Celtic Park, February 2022, I think that would have yeah, been. Yeah, and Abada scored. Abada scored yeah. late. You know, again, what a wonderful moment. But that at the weekend, you know, to, to score late and think that that'll be the goal that wins it, mm. then to concede a really late equaliser, and it's so deflating. But then the goal to win it, I mean, it's absolutely sensational. The ball in from Taylor is pinpoint. And Matt O'Reilly is the coolest man oh, is, in Fur Park at that point in time. You know, he just he rises from the ground and meets the ball and just knocks it into the top corner of the net. On his right foot as well, wasn't it? It was his right, right foot, yeah, weak foot. I know, to have the composure to do that, it was, it was incredible. Okay. From a completely selfish point of view, I was at the match having to write a match report, which had to get rewritten. So I started off writing it about 85th minute, starting to write nil-nil, we've dropped points, trying to think, okay, how can I paint the narrative here? Um, and then we scored the goal. I'm like, right, okay, start writing that. Luis Palma's first goal for Celtic. It's a, a big three points. Then they score. And then I'm thinking, there's only five minutes of added time, and this is the 95th minute. Like, <laughs> that, like yeah. what else is going to happen here? And then to do that... so. As much as I enjoyed the moment, also part of me was like, can someone just give me a break here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But obviously so much happier that, that it happened. Uh, Kelly, have you ever been involved in a game with that much drama towards the end of it before? Not that I can remember, no. Um, like, it's not often a game you have, they're pretty much a two last minute winners <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the same game. Like, it was, it was mental. Um, but even like, that'll be demoralising for obviously Motherwell at the weekend but see like going forward if you're other teams like that mm-hmm. and you've maybe mm-hmm. you're in the last minute you still never know like if oh we, we've got a point back now or you it's it puts that seed of doubt yeah. now for the rest of the season yeah. where it's like teams are thinking I don't know if we have won this not, or, if, or if we have got a point yet yeah and yeah. we've just got such a a history of of these results it, all throughout the, the story of this football club, mm-hmm. there have been games that have gone on, and you think this is, you know, not we're not going to win this. It'll be a draw here, and we just come up with the with the goal late in the game. It doesn't really matter who the manager is, who the players are. It's just something that's woven into the DNA of the football club. I know that Brendan spoke about that after the game as well. He was talking about how the the character, the personality of Celtic is that you have to keep going. To, to the very end but I just sometimes wonder if there's just something written yeah. into the fabric of this football club that says no we will you know several times a season come up with the goods late in the match and there's no like I say there's no better way to win it I yeah. don't think Kellen do you ever feel that when you were a player here I remember well, your debut against Inverness that was quite famous uh, yeah. for, for scoring a late goal did you ever feel that when you were a player here that you just had that confidence and then also another side of things when you played against Celtic have you always had that feeling of they're always going to come back into it? Um, yeah, 
I mean, it was terrible of me not to remember <laughs> <laughs> an instance of it when it was actually my debut. I'll bring up if you don't remember. Don't worry about yeah. it. I've got your back. Um, yeah, no, it's it's like I said, I've I've probably experienced it more on the other end of it, of, on the receiving end, where you're like, you might go up a goal or you'll claw back, but there is still always that feeling of you're never really safe. Like mm. You're almost waiting for them to get that chance or, or to, to get that goal. Um, but like thinking back to, to the time when, when Gordon Strachan, I remember his big thing was, he was very big on fitness. So his thing was like, if it's getting to the 85th, 90th minute, he was like, we're, we're going to be, not only will I have the best players in the league, I'm also going to have the fittest players. Yeah. So when it gets to that time, the other teams are down on their feet. We're still like it's it's I've said it already, it's demoralizing yeah. to see other players like a team that's you know has better technical players, but they're also probably fitter than you as well. It's it's, it's it can beat you mentally bef- before the game's over. Yeah. yeah. And I think the most impressive thing about this team over the last couple of seasons, and then again it was demonstrated on Saturday as well, is that when Motherwell scored, my first thought is that, okay, well, that's it. The game's over. There is only five minutes. Mm. Speaking to Matt O'Reilly after the match, he said the first thing that he done was he went to the referee and said, how long's left? And the referee said two minutes. And straight away, they were on the front foot. And oh, like the way that they attacked straight from kickoff, you actually thought to yourself, there's going to be another chance here. Like I don't know, Like see, from a player's point of view, like what does it take to have that mentality to go when you have those periods or you have those moments where you might go a goal behind but a team might equalise to just come straight back at it again like is it something you can you can teach I don't know I don't know it's like a big thing of it is is momentum mm. but it's hard to get momentum after a team has just scored <laughs> yeah. in the 95th minute like yeah. to, to draw a level so I don't know how to like create momentum from that um, that might just tie into what you're mentioning though about the fitness just being able to tap into a superior fitness yeah Having the the sort of the calm mentality that we can control this game, even with only two minutes of stoppage time left. Yeah. If we want to, we can control this, and y- you just look at the goal. You know, th- like I say, the ball is wonderful. Also, James Forrest, the experience of James Forrest, his run uh, across the box as well for that goal takes you know one or two defenders away, which allows Matt O'Reilly the yeah. space to come through at the back post. Yeah. So. It also, I'm, st- it, I'm still just buzzing about the whole thing I think to be <laughs> fair you know it also wasn't a case of just like everyone charging into the box and it was just a long yeah, hoof yeah. ball in where it's like kind of create a bit of panic in the box it was still going about it like the way they've mm. they've been playing all season so they obviously have that belief in how they play that they'll create chances and to be able to like continue to do that in like you're saying in the 95th 96th minutes yeah. when you know right we've got two minutes left yeah. let's keep doing what we do and then with like the kind of they're believing in the that they're going to create a chance yeah and it was a, a really important result as well um the results that took place later on that day and which which really so really kind of, kind of goes to show how, how important that was to get yeah. that that goal so and it leads us very nicely as well to wednesday night against lazio in the champions league you think for the confidence of the players it's only going to do them the world of good but as we build up to that uh, Matt um, the listeners if they, if they listen to a Friday show will know that uh, you've got your, your stat book yes, I do. prepared for, for all these matches so you've been looking into some of the, the stats ahead of this tie against Lazio I have indeed so this is 
the famous stat book right here in front of us. We're calling it famous. Ah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it'll become famous. I'm yeah. sure this will become a famous book. <laughs> this will be go. in the. This will be downstairs in the archives of Celtic Park soon, in the boardroom yeah. for people to see on the tours. Very, very. Absolutely shortly. not. I, I believe this will end up in the <laughs> in the cabinet at one point. Um, so having a little look, sort of at Celtic's record against Italian opposition through the years, mm. I've got to say, overall. It doesn't make for great reading, <laughs> if I'm being yeah. quite honest with you. Now, obviously, you know, we've had great moments against Italian sides through, you know, through the years. We've beaten Fiorentina in the European Cup um, back in the 1969-1970 the season. Obviously, defeated Lazio, we've defeated Juventus, we've defeated AC Milan. The most famous result against an Italian side, of course, comes in 1967, defeating Inter Milan to win... The European Almost Cup. About that, actually, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, it's a bit, a bit of advice is just to keep that in mind always <laughs> yeah. when it comes to this club, isn't it? Um, but looking at the numbers, you know, there's no way of getting around this. It doesn't. It's not great. So at Celtic Park against Italian opposition um, in competitive fixtures, the scoreline is currently 19 goals for Italian teams and only 17 goals for Celtic. Um, in Italy, against Italian opposition, the scoreline is 22 goals to 8 in favour of Italian opposition. Mm. And on aggregate, including the European Cup final, which was played at a neutral venue, the scoreline is Celtic 27, Italian opposition 42. That was one of the scores in the Rugby World Cup fixture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not great. Um, but as we look back you know, to the, the games against Lazio a few years ago, the game here, of course, dramatic finish to the match. Chris Julian coming up with the header to win the game. Fraser Foster coming away with a wonderful save as well to prevent his dropping points right at the right at the death. But our win over in Rome against Lazio, you know that wonderful chip from uh, Olivier and Cham right at the end of the match to win the game. That is actually that was our um, first ever victory uh, on Italian so soil. We had never won in Italy in a competitive fixture before that. You know some of our listeners. Um, or viewers for this podcast may be old enough to remember the 1970 European Cup final. We were defeated by Feyenoord, um, which was a shock of a result at the time. That should have technically been our first win on yeah. Italian soil because it was played at San Siro, but it wasn't to be. But I was having a little look into this Celtic's relationship with um, with Lazio because you'd be forgiven for thinking that you know, it started in 2019, we played them in the Europa League but in actual fact, it goes way further back than that. We actually faced Lazio in 1950. We travelled over to Rome for the holy year. Um, as part of that visit, the team were granted an audience with the Pope, which was quite a quite a, a, a special moment for a number of those players. In fact, Jimmy Hogan, who was a Celtic coach at that point in time, said that they were only a matter of a few yards away from the Pope. And when the Celtic team was announced as being present... He looked directly at the Celtic team and blessed all of them. So, you know, you, whether or not you, you want to take that as a, a direct source or not, <laughs> you can. it's up to you. But that trip to Rome, um, like I say, it was special. But we also played against Lazio whilst we were there. It was a friendly match, or it was supposed to be a friendly match. But in actual fact, it was anything. But the referee in that match awarded over 40 free kicks uh, and he actually sent two players off. He sent off Leandro Remondini for Lazio and John McPhail for Celtic. The game ended 0-0. Later that year, Lazio travelled to Glasgow. They were the first Italian club ever to play in Scotland. 
they came to Celtic Park, it was a soaking wet night, over 40,000 supporters turned up for that game, and John McPhail, who had been red-carded in Rome, scored four goals that night, <laughs> and Celtic won 4-0. So we go. have a little bit of a relationship with them going way back, yeah. um, 73 years, recent history of course, we beat them home and away uh, a few years ago. So coming into this game uh, during the week in the Champions League, Karen, how do you fancy your chances? Uh, I think if you look at form at the minute and where the two clubs are, it's probably the best, a mm. great time to to play a team like Lazio. Yeah, especially in the Champions League, if for your first home game as well, um, I I do think it's a tough group because there's no, I suppose Atletico Madrid are the probably the the main team in it. There's no like big massive name cl- like no like Real Madrid or uh, Bayern Munich yeah, or like course. the a heavy favourite team. Um, so I think it can be sometimes it can be very difficult when there's like three or four kind of teams that are similar level where they all kind of think that they can they all think they can mm. think, can progress. Um, but I think going back to the the game on with Lazio, it is probably the best time to face them if you're yeah. believing everything coming out of there. So mm. because in the moment I think Lazio have won twice out of seven games in the league. They lost two 0 to. AC Milan at the weekend as well, so their form coming into it isn't the best. But then at the same time, they also finished second in Serie A last season. So yeah. it's like, what what one do you want to take? They've got a coach in Maurizio Sarri, who's you know coached at the, the highest level. Chiro Mobley scored goals, um, wherever he's went before scoring goals for Italy as well. So it's a team that's going to have a lot of threats and a lot of danger. But do we think that this is a game that Celtic will? Really have to go and get points in if we want to try and get that European football after Christmas. I, I mean, I think that the important thing always, and and you'll know this as well. Having played, at, you know, at the top level, the home games, and in the group are always important. I know it's an old cliche, you know, you, you want to win your home games. Sometimes that becomes more difficult because the opposition you're up against, like you were just mentioning, are you know way out there. You know, but we've got a good chance here, I think. And it becomes important because it's at Celtic Park. And it's not to get involved in sort of sweeping generalisations here, but you know with an Italian uh, opposition, you know they're going to be organised. You know they're going to be hard to, to break down and to, to play against. But, and again, it's not to delve into the cliches. I genuinely believe this. The power of the crowd here in this stadium on nights like Wednesday night can be enough at times to drive a team forward. It can be enough to drive the ball over the line and hopefully get as a result. Yeah. Killing from your experience, having played here at Celtic Park on European nights, just touching on that aspect of the crowd, is it a cliche from our point of view or do you actually feel that difference that the crowd give you and does that actually really help to push you forward? No, it's definitely yeah. It's definitely a, a legit thing. Like it's <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good much, note that I've got yeah. there. <laughs> much better players than me have said that as well. So um you can probably take their word for the more than mine. But um no, it's 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 a hundred percent true. It has it's it's almost like a willingness to when there's a time there's a I mean there's not rarely dull moments in Champions League games here. Whenever there is, the, the crowd just kind of lifts things and pushes the team forward. Um, and I think it's something that takes a lot of op- opposing players by surprise. They probably don't 
players who haven't played here before won't have experienced it. I don't think. Um, so I think it's it's will be a massive part of it, and it is the home games and the the groups are where if you want to progress, you need to you need to do pick up points at home. Yeah, yeah. Again, just kind of sticking with your with your own memories in the the Champions League. I think the game that you played here at Celtic Park was the one against Manchester United in two thousand and eight. The one each draw, which which you started, and it just take us back to your memories of that and what what comes to mind when you think of those European nights at Celtic Park? Uh, for me, it all kind of happened so fast. I, I didn't really have time to to really like let us like nerves kick in. Really, I think it wasn't until the day before the game where I was told I'd be starting, um, and then kind of once it started, the, my lasting memory from it all and like most vivid memory is the in the lineup and the music i know everyone says every player says it the first time they're playing it but the music lining up there it's that's when it like hits home where you're like okay this is champions league like that must be incredible you know you watch it on the tv and you see you always think to yourself see when the camera's panning along the line and the players are standing Stern faced. <laughs> what did you, did you do? Did you wink at the camera? Or did you, I didn't then because right. I was a bit young. But later on, when I was in Cyprus and we were playing Champions League, and I said to myself, "All right, I'm I'm going to do it," <laughs> and I, I kind of like pretended as if I was yeah. singing along to the to the anthem. Brilliant. <laughs> but no one actually knows the words to the anthem, though. It's just like nah, it's, nah. it's just Jam. kind of. It's quite yeah. Yeah. That last bit. Wow, I mean that. That was beautiful. Wasn't it? <laughs> that though is that is that is professional singing. But that's the only bit that you know. The, the whole other bit, you've got no idea what it's saying. You're just no. kind of humming along. I had a bit. It's great. I always think that must be a, a great thrill. What would you do? The cameras panning along the line. Are you looking serious? Are you winking? Are you waving to somebody in the stand? I would just do that while I'm there. You would sing? The I would get. I would be the last person because now they're always going to stay in that last person. Mm-hmm. I'd look right down the camera lens and just do that. And do do that last bit. Do the full. Brilliant. Give it everything. Bro, you see no, what, what, what Ryan doesn't know is we're actually going to get him to sing the Champions League <laughs> on Wednesday <laughs> night. Yeah. Bro, yeah, you'll, you'll be great. I've got great belief in it. It's the best anthem, though, isn't it? Oh, it's superb. We can have a joke sometimes at like. You hear the Europa League win that what one's actually better, but it's obviously the Champions League win. Yeah. <laughs> Aye, absolutely. I mean, the Europa League one's only better if you're knowing the Champions League. Yeah, which, you yeah. Know, don't, don't, we don't know much about that right yeah. now. <laughs> no, that's true. We're, we're just fully Champions League there, aren't we? But I can I can say because I'm not <laughs> affiliated to the club. The Europa League anthem's rubbish. So it's. <laughs> I know, and the, and the Conference League is the exact same anthem. I feel like they should get their own one as well because they're just kind of piggybacking off of the uh, Europe, just to trying to pretend to be the Europa League and it's like nah get your own thing that's like. what we'll get we'll get you we'll phone up you if I, and we'll get you to come up <laughs> and sing bit, and sing the Conference League anthem it's the only <laughs> yeah. I think that's only right if I'm being honest with you but it's, it is mad the Champions League anthem because like we get so accustomed to it here at Celtic Park that when the anthem blares out and everyone's standing there in the lineup, the fans go mental as if it's an actual goal mm, going in yeah. and yeah. I, I feel like okay, that's just what happens elsewhere. But then you go to games elsewhere around Europe and it doesn't happen. Like, even going to the Feyenoord game, mm. the atmosphere was amazing before the match. But then when the anthem's going out, it's just quite quiet. And I'm kind of like sitting there just waiting for everything to erupt. And there's just these couple of thousand Celtic fans up in the corner which are, are going mental. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's your experiences of it? Is any venues you've been at? Which... In, in Cyprus, it was more about the displays that the fans right. would put on. Wasn't so much like still like you're saying, still a really good atmosphere. Mm. But here it's just it's a noise. Like that just 
it's hard to describe it it is just like a, a shouting noise yeah like people aren't singing to it or anything it's just loud like yeah. it's <laughs> whereas abroad it was it, it was more about the the displays that the fans would do plus it, it's different style of stadiums as well where it's it's kind of like it's more open stands yeah, i get what you mean so it's there's maybe not got the sound wouldn't yeah. stay in as yeah. much yeah um but it was definitely a lot more on under the under the displays that they could do. Mm-hmm. What was the best venue you played in the Champions League? Because when you were in Cyprus, did you? Well, it was Barcelona. So Barcelona. Yeah. Well, but the PSG surprised me. The atmosphere. Oh really? I thought yeah. that was one of the best. Their stadium was one of the best atmospheres mm-hmm. played in. I think when you watch PSG games, though, I, I I sometimes think that. To be fair, French football, you know, some of the those matches that <laughs> yeah, get yeah, yeah. a wee bit intense, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> No, you're right. Actually, when I watch, watch games, PSG games and stuff like that, I always think that as well. I'd love to go and um, you know see a PSG game yeah, live or yeah. whatever because the atmosphere does sound. I went there better. stupidly, like because it was when the time that it's splashing money yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So you have this idea like they're just a, a wealthy club, and you forget about like they have actually really passionate fans. Yeah, yeah. The fans that's why like it kind of like took took me by surprise a bit. Yeah, but you must have. I mean, could you played what Poland, Cyprus? New Zealand, Scotland, uh, Bulgaria, that was, Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, you must have played in some kind of red hot atmospheres in some of those places. In as well. Bulgaria, the we played. So I was at CSK Sofia, and we played Levski Sofia away. It was the first game back after the Christmas break, and we were winning. Were we winning one nil or two nil at half time? And I didn't start the game, so we were right warming up at half time. And as during the half time, the riot police came and literally just bulldozed <laughs> the CSK fans from the away section. Like just from the bottom, you could just see them pushing them up and emptied the away stand at half time. So then for the full second half, we were playing with no away fans. <laughs> or it might have been maybe we scored in the second half or something, yeah. but we ended up winning the game. And then like after, it was just so weird. Like afterwards, from before the game where it was just mayhem, to after the game like their fans weren't making any noise and then we had no fans to make any noise so it was like <laughs> total chalk and cheese between the first half and second half <laughs> despite winning the game yeah you're trying to yeah. concentrate in the game as you're watching everybody just get <laughs> oh, out the yeah, yeah it was bizarre yeah you told us before when you were on the podcast about the was it the cup final as well when all the fans were oh yeah running was, onto the park what that was that was, um, the final of the cup in Cyprus and in Cyprus yeah we played Apollo and Limassol and it was when I was at Ammonia mm. and it was one all they scored sorry they scored to go 2-1 up and it was like the last five minutes or something and it was there was a load of other stuff around the game but it ended up being played in their home stadium and because normally it would be in the national stadium which was where Ammonia played so they ended up mm. basically doing a draw for who got to play in the home stadium kind of thing See. it was weird uh, but anyway, at the end of the game, like the last five minutes, all their fans came out from the stands and around the pitch, there was a running track. So it was one of these like European style ones. And uh, there was just like loads of their fans about two metres <laughs> from the edge of the pitch. So we're attacking. And as you're attacking, you're almost like thinking, if we score here, like... Yeah, what, happens? what do we do yeah because yeah, the fans are literally there waiting to come on and celebrate so if you score and they're like hold on a minute they're like we're 
that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. So it was the most bizarre ending to a game. And then as soon as the referee blew his whistle, all our fans came on to fight their fans. Yeah. <laughs> so it was straight away the um, security guys were just like coming over and grabbing you and taking you out. <laughs> it was like an underneath um, dressing rooms and stuff. And then, so we're all in, disappointed that we've just lost the final. And you can just hear like, carnage like a war yeah. going on up, up, <laughs> up I watched it back on YouTube after after we discussed it and uh, I would uh, yeah I'd say to anybody to, to give it a watch because <laughs> just to see all these fans at the side of the pitch you're like what is going on it was the, the Coca-Cola Cup final yeah. Cyprus 2016 yeah. I'm going to say something like that yeah. yeah yeah definitely give it a watch uh, we've deviated a little bit let's just quickly get back to, to the Lazio game before, before we move on what do we think do we think we're do we think we're going to get a, a result on this? I, I mean, we're coming into it on the back of two wins. Yep. So and two good wins as well. Going away to Livingston, reduced to ten, three 0 Then of course at the weekends, uh, the weekends game there to win it in that style. It's got to, It's just got to give everybody a lift the way that we've done it. And so no, I'm I'm confident. And to quote. Uh, to quote a Scottish football pundit, come coach, um, it's always good to go into these games with a couple of wins on the back of your belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm, I'm confident. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about, about going into this game, yeah. Killian? Uh, yeah, no, I think it's... As, as much as Celtic have the confidence of scoring and winning late, Lazio also done it against... Atletico Madrid with their, yeah, of course. their keeper. Oh, I know so they've, touch on that. I know. They, know, they know that they have that in their locker as well. Um, I think it should be a good game. It'll, I think for Celtic, it comes down to probably taking chances. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, it's almost, don't want to jinx it, but it's almost a given that they'll play well, keep keep the ball, have good passages of play. And I think it'll come down to just that quality in the final third in, in actually converting chances. Yeah, as long as I keep our Providell is not playing up front, yeah. hopefully. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we'll be, I think we'll be all right. Um, we're going well, to take... if he is, it means we're winning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. That's true. Um, we're going to take a little break uh, for the moment, but um, if you're listening or if you're watching, we've got a first and last feature interview coming up just now with Anthony Ralston. We're going to bring you one of these interviews every week just to learn a little bit more about the players from the first team, the women's team and the B team as well. So enjoy this interview with Anthony Ralston and we'll be back with you shortly. Yes, everyone, we've got Anthony Ralston just fixing his mic there uh, on the official Celtic FC podcast. Anthony, how's things with you? You well? Brilliant, mate. Aye. Very good. good. Walking away, so... Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. Well, we're going to do play a little special game of first and last. Okay. So you'll get the gist of it very quickly. We'll start going through the questions and you'll you'll get around it very, very easily. So first of all, who was your first footballing hero when you were growing up? Um, Growing up, I would uh, I would say like a, it's a standard one like Messi would be like growing up as a kid. I always, mm. I always preferred Messi over... Even though Ronaldo's unbelievable, I'd always say Messi Ronaldo. But just then, when I started getting older, um, and kind of found my place in football, like position wise and stuff like that, I always looked up to Danny Alves as a right back. I think he's just, he just changed the game completely as a as full back in general. So I go with him kind of as I got older. Um, so that's mm-hmm. kind of 
Messi and Danny Alves. Did you say about Danny Alves and you just now? No. <laughs> Far from it. <laughs> uh, who would be, so, who'd be like your last footballing hero? So, by that, like, is there anybody you look at now, maybe you're trying to model your game on, or anybody you just enjoy watching? Um, Not really, to be honest, no. No. Uh, no. And, um, obviously... As well, I'd coming through the ranks, I had Mika at right back as well, who I took a lot from when I was younger. Yeah. Um, coming through the academy and stuff like that, so um, he was the he was the right back when I was coming through through my younger years. So um, I took a lot of learning from working close closely with him and um, in the way he played um, here. So, uh, but now just kind of gro- growing up, I'd, I'd I'd say Danny Alves as I got older, yeah. but even. Well, even to this day, Messi is like he's still, <laughs> still, still up, just putting free kicks in the top, oh, ba- top bag at 90th minute just when he wants. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then obviously the World Cup and stuff like that. Just like he's he's on a different planet. So do you watch quite a lot of football away from here? I do. I like I tend to if there's a you know if I watch like obviously all the Champions League games that everyone will watch, and then if there's a good Prem game on, I'll maybe get a few of my mates run and, and watch that. Yeah. Um Because I always find like. You never know a lot of time with people because it's this is your job. Yeah. Like, do you go away and think, you know, I'm done with the job for a day. I want to watch something else. No, I watch it. I, I watch games if I'm watching for, if it's you know big games. If there's big Champions League games or anything, I'll sometimes get a few of my mates running that and watch that. But if there's just a good game on, I'll I'll try and try and watch it. Um, depending on if if um, if I'm on Fallow if I can get the wee <laughs> one down in bed quick enough. But uh, no. I tend to watch. I, I do watch football. I, right, okay, okay. Um, what's your first memory of going to Celtic Park? I might be going back a bit. Aye. Um, well, my my uncle uh, used to take me to all, all my games uh, when, when I was a kid. Um, he, had a, he had a season ticket. Um, maybe why I did this bit out because I can't. It's like if t- out the tunnel to the top right. Is that Jockstein? Uh, yes. Yeah, top. Yeah. So I was up in the top tier uh, watching. No, it's the Lisbon Lions. Is it Lisbon yeah. Lions stand? Sorry, so. <laughs> okay, she's taking me all the games. Uh, <laughs> then the Lisbon Lions stand, and uh, aye, I used to. That was back then when Nakamura was playing and things like that. So that was kind of my first memories of going to Celtic Park uh-huh. and watching the games. Any games? Uh, any games? No, not overly because I was I was so young. Uh, I just yeah. remember. Uh, Zerasky, yeah, uh, players like that. It's it's crazy gold and it sticks boots. to my mind the high the gold boots and things. Yeah. And, and Nakamura always used to change his boots at half time and I always <laughs> used to remember saying, "Oh, that's that's uh, he's changed his boots Did and things like that." Did you see Nakamura when we were in Japan? Did you meet him at all? Uh, no, I wasn't in Japan. Right? Oh, because of Sure enough. Yeah. Uh, so, but I seen the pictures and that. I was like, but that's when I started. That's when I started going. So that was my first memories uh, going to the game. I remember like. That that goal actually like we I used to look over like I, that was when all the goal when I was younger I always used to like concentrate because I just felt it was too far away you know the other end mm-hmm. so like when they'd be scoring in that goal uh, and then I scored my first goal into that one you know <laughs> what I mean so it's just things like that blow my brain but uh, and then obviously I started ball boying through the youth academy so they put the boys in at the weekend um, so I ball boyed for a few years so I was all that was kind of I was going to the games but I was also like, feeling as if I was part of you know throwing yeah. the ball back and stuff like that so. I've got good memories of that. They wanted when they beat Barcelona and stuff like that. I was ball boy and stuff. So, ah, good memories. Ah, amazing. Aye. some nice. Some Champions League nice. I've got to experience as a ball boy. Is, is great memories to be fair. So, no. I was always so jealous when I was growing up of watching the ball boys. Like it was always iconic. Like I always remember like Larson's goal in the six two game, and when he 
does that chip that's right, the ball, and you see the, the ball, ball boys in the back I used to be so <laughs> jealous of them and I used to always say to my dad like how do I how do, how I do you get there? that I know <laughs> like, people, see, if you ask me back then when I was younger like what do you want to be when I'm older you'd be a ball boy <laughs> nah <laughs> I know I know so I'm always very jealous you used to try and get there to get one of the um, <laughs> the corner seats the corner because yeah, yeah. you'd get you have more to do you know what I mean so have you got um have you got like a, a last memory at all of going to games as a fan? I take it must have been a while since you've done that. It's been a while. I my last memories of going to a game normally would be maybe like saying no, it's still not normal, but going when I've been injured. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've, I've I've sat in with the fans, but um, Do you get more nervous when you're watching now when you're not on the park or. Um, no, because I think I know more. Like the boys okay. are alright. You know what I mean. It's you know what I mean. It's when I was going when I was younger. And you'd, yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen and stuff like that. But uh, aye, my last memory would have been it would have been when I was just when I was ball boying or as far back as when my uncle used to take me when it, yeah. when it was just completely normal, just going to a game. Um, I've got great memories of, of going as, as a fan and um, so Brilliant. I even remember I didn't get to go, but the Champions League game. I actually have vivid. It's weird the memories you have. Like I was in my 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 mum's in uh, Coatbridge and it was the, the when they played Man United and Boric made the save with Zaha's yeah, yeah, penalty yeah. Uh, and it was uh, who else scored that night? Nakamura scored Nakamura was free kicker night. I remember that things like that when you're a kid and you've got these memories of, like you're asking specific games I know um, but I uh, a couple away from football can you remember first holiday you went on away from your family? That's a good one, I uh, don't know how far we can dive into this, uh, <laughs> but I went to Ayanapa uh, with my mate for my mate for school, um, my mate Jack. So we went to uh, we went to Napa and uh, how old? I, it was uh, oh we were uh, seventeen, uh-huh. I think, and uh, no, seventeen. I can't mind like it. Was, uh, I, it was just it was a, I no just after yeah. uh, our first year full time, so I was okay. young anyway. And uh, I we went over just the two of us, and as soon as we landed, we were in. And then he just clicked change, you know, ran down, ran down to the strip and uh, found the, uh, the Scottish bar, you know, and we're yeah. in there mingling with all the Scottish. You know, <laughs> and uh, had the first bottle of MD and all that, you know, I mean, back in the day, I was like, it's a <laughs> eye opener. But that was a, it was a great holiday. I remember my ma kind of sat me down, he texts me every night, you know, and I'm like, Text every night, man. <laughs> and then off I went. That was it. So you're waiting on like six, six p.m. Aye, I know. Aye. <laughs> uh, back. What was the last hole you went on? A lot more mature one. It was. was it? Uh, it was. No, a, no was MD. A, nah, no MD. It was a South of France uh, with apple juice and orange juice with my wee girl, and it was very uh, strictly uh, professional. Man, huh? That's What's... it. And uh, I enjoyed that. So all my family, um, all my family came out and. Um, we spent we spent ten days out in the south of France and it was really nice. Uh, my wee girl was just uh, I mean you could have been anywhere in the world. It was just in and out the pool all day and mm-hmm. eating food and just having a good time. So it was good. Uh, yeah. It was a really nice one. Enjoyed that. A uh, couple more. Um, first Instagram post. You might need your phone for that unless you remember. I'm gonna get it up, but. <laughs> it's whether I show it or not. It's a different one. I actually don't even Do you know. know. I've actually I actually had a check before. You've it's, digged it's it up. It's fine. Because I was, I was, I'd done this because I was maybe wanting to see if there's, a, if there's a wee story in it at all. Right, there must be then if you're bringing it up. But like a good one, like it's all related let, to football. Let me hear it then. So it's fine. Oh, there we go. So it's you That's going back right. to Bowboy. Do you remember that, that. what that game was? So, 
Was it uh, Barcelona one? Might have been. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. I've not checked the date. Just me in the middle, we made the the flag, and I've just. What's that like standing there when all that was going on? Unbelievable! It's like still no different. It's actually still not that different. It's just that I'm more concentrated because I'm playing, you know, and it's hard to take it all in, but like. Being there back then and just being a ball boy, you're like, she's unbelievable. But then even still playing, you're still like, what the hell is Still get like a bit of like goosebumps and a stuff. A wee bit, aye, yeah. actually. Aye. And uh, even at the weekend there, you know what I mean? When um, walk, up, um, walk On came on and you're, we were in the huddle at the time, you know what I mean? And came, you, you, you can't not notice it, you know what I mean? When, yeah. you're, when you're there, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but I being back then and then, being like, oh, imagine being, you know, being able to be a part of this plane. And then when you're playing on it, you're like, oh, this is class. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you think it would be, you know what I mean? So that's weird. That's funny. We sort of speak about ball boy and then that's the first dive. I was going to ask what your last Instagram post is, but I've actually not checked it. I don't know if that's a... My last Instagram one was just for the weekend. Was uh, it? It's me just looking ugly on the ball, making an <laughs> ugly face. There's not one photo ever that gets sent into that group chat where I've got a normal <laughs> face. There's always something going on. And I'm like, well, I've got no choice but to put up. So... <laughs> That's just it, uh, unfortunately. Stuck with it. Uh, yeah. Stuck with what you've got. Yeah. Uh, last one. Talk us through your first trophy and your last trophy. Anything that comes to mind. So what was your first one? Uh, but see, uh, there's, there's been ones in the Youth Academy, which okay. um, which uh, we, I'm sure we won one. Uh, Sometimes there's a good we won, one. The first one I remember winning... Uh, that comes to mind is the Poznan tournament we used to go to when we were kids. Yeah. Um, and we had Martin Miller as our uh, youth academy coach and that, and we, we went out there for a good few years in a row, and all the parents would come out as well, because uh, we were generally maybe under twelves or, or that, and we won we won it that we won it one of the years I remember. Um, and then the mo- obviously the most recent one being um, the Scottish Cup. Um, so. What was that feeling like? Go. Getting your hands in a, yeah, another treble. Ah, uh, unbelievable. You know, be part of it. You know, the, the first time around, um, I'd only you know played a few, played a few games and mm. things like that. So, um, but you know, that was the first one I properly felt part of it. You know, and it's a special feeling, and um, the boys thoroughly, thoroughly deserved, um, at all. Um, and we've worked so hard, but now the work begins again, and our aims to do the same. So we just need to keep, keep grinding every day, and that's it. So. That's okay. a good place to end it. Hoping for, for more trophies this season. Happy Anthony, days. thanks very much. Thank you, mate. Appreciate Cheers. it. All right. Yeah, everyone, welcome back along. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview with Anthony Ralston, myself, Ryan Marr, Matthew Campbell and Killian Sherrod in the studio. Uh, we've touched on the first team's game against Lazio. Matt, we're going to quickly discuss about the B team as well because they are also in action against Lazio in the UEFA Youth League on Wednesday at Lesser Hamden, I believe the game is at as well. So if you've got an opportunity before coming to Celtic Park, then get down to support the young hoops. They come into the game on the back of a defeat in the first game away to Feyenoord. Lazio themselves, they also lost against Atletico Madrid. Um, I mean, it's probably hard to tell, obviously, because we don't get a chance yeah. to see the European teams in action. But hopefully... They can get a result in this one. Um, they proved to get a couple of results last year in the youth league as well. So hopefully in this one they can get one. And the thing is as well, at, at the weekend just they're, they're they're coming off the back of a good a good win. Yeah, one 0 victory. The one 0 against Stirling Unit was a late-ish goal. It's not quite Matt O'Reilly standard of late. <laughs> Seventy-eight minutes on the clock uh, when Jude Bonner got the goal for um, the B team. But yeah, you're right. It's hard to f- sit and say 
here's the danger, players for Lazio's B team or whatever, you, you know they're going to be quality players. It was the same we came up against Feyenoord's uh, B team just a few weeks ago. Uh, but as we spoke to Steve McManus about on the, on the last podcast, these are great opportunities for our B team to test themselves against yeah, what is you know, undoubtedly going to be quality opposition. And from your own point of view, Kellyan, of course, because you would have performed at under-19s and reserves uh, level for Celtic, did you ever, you know, face European opposition at that level? And if so, what do you think our boys can take from these games? Uh, we played, I remember in the U team, we went over, it was when I first came over straight away and we were over and we played a tournament in Villarreal. Um, but that was like my first experience of like mm, playing, yeah. nearly playing anyone for Celtic. <laughs> so it was <laughs> probably wasn't a great uh, example for me. So you were just a runner yeah, back then. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? Um, but then you, t- I don't remember too often. I remember mm. we played, in fact, when the year before I made, I played in the Champions League, um, I'm sure we played Man United's youth team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. And I think we we might have drew one all with them or something. Um, yeah, I think when they came up to play, they yeah. did bring yeah. the youth team up. We didn't do it down there. Um, but as far as I can remember, that was the only teams I remember playing, like at youth yeah. or reserve. Because I was also lucky where I was kind of with the first team as well for pre-season. So I would have missed maybe other tournaments that were going on abroad yeah. or, or playing other teams. So Yeah, yeah. Um I think in terms of the way that the youth league is sort of structured and and how it how it's played each year, it seems to be something that's growing in popularity as well because I, I tuned in to watch the I was taking on the Feyenoord B team a few weeks ago. There were thousands at that, at yeah, that match, yeah. you know, there was a real electric atmosphere, which again I can only think will benefit our B team in the long run. Playing against quality opposition and a a real competitive atmosphere, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, most definitely, and I think that's what they're going to look at it as. I think last season they got they got a victory away to RB Leipzig, I believe it was. Um, but the B team played so many games last year. Was it fifty five, sixty mm. games? And to get games in all the different levels, the lone league, the youth league, uh, Premier League, Invitational Cup, all these different standards. Yeah. Um, you know, if you speak to Dan and Stephen, they say it. it and the boys the world are good so hopefully it'll be the same this time around but hopefully they can get us out and yeah definitely if you get a chance to get to Lesser Hamden to see them then then check that out before coming to Celtic Park um, it's also a big week as well Matt for the women's team they're just in the back of a really impressive 6-0 victory over Hamilton in the cup on Sunday I mean the start to the season has been incredible I've actually got some of the stats here just now they've played Seven and one seven in the league. They've got that game in the cup. They're obviously so close in Europe as well. They scored fifty six goals in all competitions this season. It's incredible. And this Thursday night in Airdrie, they play Glasgow City in the league, which is going to be live on Sky mm-hmm. as well. So we saw last season just how special those games were against Glasgow City. They'll be hoping for the same again. But it's a really exciting week. It totally is, and. You're, you mentioned there the, the 6-0 victory at the weekend against Hamilton Ackies. The women's team, they are absolutely electric right now. They're scoring for fun. The way that they're playing is a joy to watch. And then 
going into Thursday's match against Glasgow City, there's so much at stake mm. because the rest of the league have played eight games, but Celtic and Glasgow City have played seven. So the winner of this game, well, if we win this game, we go top of the table. If Glasgow City win this game, they go joint uh, top of the table with Rangers. It's it's uh, it's sure to be a cracker, and you can't help but fancy our chances here because look at those stats. Yeah, they've they, been amazing. They, they, they are phenomenal. They're phenomenal right now. And uh, and yesterday as well, um, or at the weekend, rather, the, the 6-0 game against Hamilton, that's six different goal scorers in the game as well. So the goals are being spread around around the entire team. So I think they'll be full of confidence going into Thursday's match and I think it's an unmissable game as well if you yeah. get a chance to watch it. Yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, if you get a chance to go down as well to, to watch the match. Of course, that Glasgow City game last season was a game at Celtic Park which broke the record attendance, a 3-1 victory and I know we just narrowly missed out in the league title last year but you got the sense last season I think this season's going to be the same yeah. The strength of ourselves, Rangers and Glasgow City, that these are probably going to be the games where the league could be won or lost. Yeah. So hopefully they can get a big three points, but they're going into it in the best possible form. They've just seemed to improve from last season as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm sure we don't need our fingers crossed though, but <laughs> hopefully they can they can get the job done on Thursday. And yeah, definitely if you get a chance for that as well, then get down to Airdrie to, to cheer on the girls because your support is, is always needed. Yeah. Moving on, um, we've got obviously Killian Sheridan here, so we're going to have a little look back on your Celtic career, Killian, and, and some of the other parts of your, your journey in football. Matt, yes, Killian's Celtic career, came here as a, a youth player from Ireland. What what do we remember about Killian's Celtic career? Killian, you have your own section in the stats book. Brilliant, <laughs> Brilliant. can't what, wait to hear what this. What a place to have uh, your own section. So, 12 first-team appearances, uh, for Celtic, four goals. Now, we're having a little look back at sort of your debut and your Champions League debut and so on. So, as we mentioned earlier, um, your first team debut came away to Inverness in the Scottish Cup quarter-final in February 2007. Have you got many memories of, of that game itself? I know earlier we were touching on, do you remember any late winners? And <coughs> conveniently, you didn't remember uh, that, that <laughs> game. <laughs> I think... For, for fans that probably don't remember that game to to begin with, it was you came off the bench. Was the score at one 0 at that time to Inverness? Yeah, um, I came on. <laughs> I came on, changed the game pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Won, won the game. <laughs> Celtic went on to win the Scottish Cup that year. All thanks to me, basically. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> Maybe we can move on. That's it. That's Thank it. you for listening. No. <laughs> um, um, no, I came on losing one nil. We had a corner, we scored pretty late. Uh, Stephen Presley scored. Yeah. Um, and then I set up Kenny Miller for a winner, last minute winner. And then literally the only thing I remember from it is I'm sure I had a bit I had, I had a bit of a black eye. I think I played in a youth team game and got a, a black eye. Uh, so like in photos back then... I used to get all oh, my kid extra large and yeah. ba- I'm a large now like so I wasn't an extra large back then and so like looking back on photos of it there's just this big <laughs> baggy jersey on me or I look kind of sick I look <laughs> ill like I'm pale black eye uh, and I remember after the game in the dressing room Neil Lennon like saying how like 
how good I'd done. Yeah. And that was like one of the like real memories I, c- I can have. It must have been it. a wonderful feeling though coming off the pitch and someone of the stature of Neil Lennon saying that to you yeah. and won the game. Um, looking at some more of these uh, moments from your career, your first start came in November 2008, which was a 4-2 win over Hibernian and you scored in that game. Um Describe what that feels like scoring for for Celtic. It's a hard thing to describe. It's like I, I remember my celebration from it is just like, I've just like done the weirdest like fist pump in the air, <laughs> and it was more like just the like, yes, I've scored for Celtic yeah. kind of thing. It wasn't like sheer joy or or like. Is it almost crazy a, a relief to it? I it's like borderline relief relief and like happiness yeah. that like mm. yes like I've, I've just scored because I was the I kind of was always confident if I started mm-hmm. I could score um, and I just kind of yeah like once it happened I was I can remember the goal like vividly as soon as I went past the keeper I was kind of like I'm scoring here this right. is a goal so like it was nice to be able to know or probably then like have the blind confidence to be like yeah. this is definitely going in <laughs> Um, so it was, yeah, just like it was almost like a, you did, you did say relief, but it's, it, it is a hard one to describe. My, my celebrations kind of explain it better. <laughs> I can imagine, it must be anybody's dream though, isn't it, to score for Celtic and think, I mean, maybe you could overthink these things of that'll be my celebration or I'll run to this part of the stadium or whatever, but I bet in the moment it just, it just gets yeah. away from you. Now, I've, to be fair, I've never been one to have planned celebrations don't know once or twice and then what did you go for when you it, was, it was when I was on loan at St. Johnson and I done a I remember planking was all the rage oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. just and lying I, face down and something I scored and just lay face down <laughs> on the ground and then I think it was just that one actually yeah maybe there's another very innovative ah, definitely yeah. and topical as well at the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, October 2008 um, you came on in the Champions League at Old Trafford we were talking earlier on a little bit about that as a football player that's what it's all about isn't it you want to be playing in the best arenas in the game and Old Trafford surely one of those yeah it was the probably similar to the cup game because they were losing <laughs> so you're losing 3-0 and you thought right how can I get this back Killian <laughs> warm up on you go <laughs> save us um, but no it was at, I don't know if you have when I came on or anything, but it was maybe like the last 10, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, I think I looked into it a little bit, 15 ago. Yeah, the game was done and I think he was, Gordon Strachan was just giving me a chance to like play in a game like that, yeah. in a stadium like that. Uh, and I just remember how good the United players were, mm. like Rooney, Tevez, Johnny Evans was playing then. He cruyffed me in the box. Yeah. That's like <laughs> that's it, that's literally. I've, I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> mental. Check that made on his highlights reel. The cruyff. Yeah. Maybe he put that into his video highlights when he went back to Man United. Like, look, you know what I can do. You know, uh, sign me again. But he's, that Burnley game recently, yeah. he scored a goal which got chalked off, and then he played like this unbelievable ball in for Bruno Fernandez. So, should he still got it? I wonder if he's ever. Cruyff turned anybody else throughout his career attempted to or if he just won and out you know done mm. one Cruyff turn and that's it yeah you know? I wouldn't even attempt a Cruyff turn so nah. fair play to him for even trying it but definitely <laughs> um, so, as, as we're just sort of moving on talking about your career and stuff like that as well there uh, Killian 
you know, we've touched on your memories of, of, of those games and those big moments, I guess, for you. But what are your sort of memories in terms of your time coming through, breaking into the first team, making that transition from the youth levels to the first team? Do you know, des- describe what that was like, that journey. It, it all happened quite fast. It was like I came over without really any expectations and then hit the ground running my first season in the youth team and then like within my first season to have made my debut I never would have imagined it Um, and probably like when I first came over if people saw me the first few weeks there's and you told them by the end of the season he'll have made his debut there's no way Anyone would have believed. Do you yeah. think you would have made your debut? I was, when I came over, I was raw because <laughs> I'd never had like academy football or yeah. upbringing, so it was just a totally different world to to what I'd been been playing. Like yeah. no, not to shoot down what I was doing before back home, but it was just it was so different mm. to to like the trainings and stuff, and like even doing like little possession boxes. And then for me to go up and I remember like doing possession boxes up with the first team that they do just as a warm up, like a little fun exercise. And so for me, it was like it it was like a run. I'd need to do a cool down after because <laughs> I was just always be in the middle. I couldn't. Yeah. Gordon Strachan would take part in them, like would never give it away. And I remember like coming away thinking, how's how's he do that? Like, how's he like at that age? Still so good and in like, yeah. It's still doing part of the training that that I should be doing, or like that I should be good at. Yeah. Um. I've got better at it now, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. No, Just for all those clubs yeah, out there, that yeah. potentially you are better. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was a. Uh, no, like it just went so fast. The I was lucky that I I hit the ground running. Once I got going in the U team, I had a really good scoring records my first season, got into the first team, um. And then I just enjoyed the whole time. Like mm. there was never, I never had any hard times or was never homesick. Everyone in the, the youth team got on with like, it was just everything went as good as it could have went, really. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking out the time to come into us and chat all things about the game. And well, that's you to look back in your career as well. It's been, it's been really good to have you on. You enjoyed it, Matt? Absolutely. It's been uh it's been a good laugh and again just to quote another <laughs> Scottish pundit come coach it's just it was good to see Kelly and you know take the podcast by the initiative here yeah, today as most, well most definitely Absolutely. you became you came in came straight part of the team knew what we're all about <laughs> yeah, so yeah. thank you so no, much no. for it Kelly and, thanks and, uh, very much my pleasure yeah and all the best for the rest of the season hopefully we'll see you at a, a club very soon yeah thank you